Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back in action. This is live, at least as right now, so we can never use this for a rerun, I guess. Uh, I should have kept my mouth shut. What we do is we help you buy a car or lease a car without getting ripped off by a car dealer. Doing it for a long time, and it's just not me. We've got a, a, a group here of experts. Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm not bragging. Uh, we, we, we focus on one thing, and that's automobile retailing and repairing. Uh, we, uh, we get into the problem that the entire... <clears throat> automotive world, mainly the United States, has with um, the system. The system is not a good one for channeling cars from the manufacturers to you, the consumer. Uh, the hiccup is the dealer, and uh, that's a long story. You regular listeners to the show have heard me talk about it a million times. Bottom line is, it's not a pleasant experience going into a car dealership. Uh, I compare it to a root canal. It's, it's, uh, it's worse than going to the dentist. Uh, people don't like to buy cars. You would think that the manufacturers and the car dealers would get it and change things. And they are being changed, but you know how that goes. Things change very slowly, uh, particularly in, in large industries. And uh, there's nothing much bigger than the automotive industry. I mean, maybe insurance. I'm not sure. But they're huge. And uh, a, a big ship when it's on a course, it takes a long time. You, you can swing the wheel over to the, to the port side or the starboard side. It takes a while before these big, big ships can start to make the turn. I think the automotive industry is in the process of doing that. I like to think this show, Earl on Cars, has had some small part in doing that. Uh, we, uh, we thrive on you, our listeners. I say listeners in the broad sense because viewers... I mean, what do you call people that are online today that are digitally uh, absorbing the show? You're absorbing it on YouTube. We're at youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, and, of course, we just have this old-fashioned radio show, and we still meet, re- reach uh, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people on the radio. But we're, we're, we're dwarfing that, I think, digitally right now. A lot of this is in podcast. Uh, all our shows are, are available on podcast. Uh, we're also available um, on our blog, EarlOnCars.com. Uh, we archive the shows. Uh, you can get them on YouTube. Uh, we do clips. Uh, Jonathan in the control room over there, he takes the uh, best parts of the show, most interesting, uh, sometimes controversial, puts them into a 60 second or a three minute or whatever YouTube clip audio and post it on 
youtube.com forward slash roll on cars. And uh, you can go to YouTube and find all sorts of interesting tips on um, how to take care of your car without getting ripped off. Uh, cars are better than ever. That's the good news. They're more reliable. They last longer. And uh, the problem is the way the dealership networks are set up and the service and the repairs system is set up, they're counting on your car to break down. Well, they're not breaking down very often, and they don't require much maintenance. So what are they going to do? Well, they're going to sell you something you don't need. Or they're going to sell you something at too high a price, or both, most likely. So sitting to my right here is, uh, if not a major, the major part of the show, because you got to get your car fixed more often. you got to maintain your car more often. You think about maintenance and repairs more often. But you only buy a car or lease a car. What? It's, the interval is getting longer and longer. I think it used to be three or four years. Now it's six or seven years. It might be nine or ten years by now. So you worry about buying a car. Let's split the difference every seven years. But you sure, got, you sure ought to go in twice a year to get a maintained and repaired and if you follow your owner's manual on your vehicle which you definitely should do i mean i i spoof and laugh about a lot of things dealers do and i spoof and make fun of a lot of things manufacturers do but the one thing the manufacturer does do right as far as i know all the manufacturers i know of they put in their owner's manual which is difficult to decipher i'll give you that but if you follow the instructions about maintaining your car according to the dealership, it will be a fair amount, and it'll be a small amount, and it'll keep your car going for a long, long time. So uh, 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 Rick Kearney, if you will contact him, and here's the ways you can contact him. By the way, he monitors our YouTube channel. So youtube.com forward slash Erlon Cars. A lot of our really good followers, listeners, uh, viewers, are on YouTube. Uh, YouTube is growing like crazy. I mean, I'm, I remember when YouTube was just kind of a funny little thing and you never thought much about it. Kind of like I thought about Google when it first came out. Now, YouTube is a tail wag of the dog. YouTube's bigger than everybody except for TikTok, and they're about ready to take down TikTok, you know. So when TikTok goes down or goes back to China, uh, you're going to have YouTube number one uh, digital uh, way to get stuff, you know. You can, you can learn about anything by getting a YouTube uh, audio uh, a video clip. I do that all the time now. I don't, don't do it as often as I should, but every time I, I'm scratching my head about something with my car, my home, uh, where I buy something, uh, how I fix something, uh, I lose an owner's manual, first thing I do is go to YouTube. And it's amazingly easy now. It used to be you had to get the wording right and everything had to be right. YouTube is very intuitive and I think there's some artificial intelligence going on there because you can, you can ask a question that even after you write it doesn't sound too intelligent, but YouTube figures it out usually and you'll get a huge number of solutions, probably more than you need. Uh, we're kind of like the radio version of YouTube and Rick Kearney uh, is a person that you can talk to and let's start out by calling Rick, or me, or Nancy, or my son Stu, if he shows up. Uh, we Hopefully he will be here. Uh, is Stu going to be here? Anybody know? Okay. I think he said he's headed for Philadelphia. Oh, he's on his way to Philadelphia. Yeah. I didn't know that. So.
So you can't reach them in Philadelphia, so it'll just have to be the ones that are here in the studio. And that number to call is 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Now, texting, write this number down. Probably don't have a text you want to send us right now, but we will get to our text. So Rick will be picking up the text as well as the YouTubes, and we will accumulate those, and we will get probably get to all of them before the end of the show. That text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. As I said, we prefer the phone call for one reason. It tells us something about you, your personality, your state of mind. I mean, you know, you, you're either eager or you're, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, human speech, I don't think, is ever going to dissipate. I, 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 it might be eclipsed somewhat <laughs> by digital means, but the human voice, the sound of the voice, you know what I'm talking about. And Nancy Stewart, sitting to my left, my co-host, uh, she founded Earl and Cars with me uh, about 20 years ago when we were just a little half-hour show on Seaview Radio on Saturdays. No, it was on Thursdays, I think. I don't remember when it was. Yeah, Thursdays. And uh, half-hour, and we blossomed to two hours right here on uh, True Oldies. She has a laptop computer she's looking at right now. When the call comes, goes to the studio. Uh, Jeremy is in the studio. He will take your call initially. He'll put you in the queue. And hopefully you go right through, but if not, he'll put you in the queue. And we prioritize your call at 877-960-9960. And we will stop what we're saying, like me. I'm yakking too much right now already. If a call came through, Nancy would slap me in the head, and we would turn around and take the call. No, she was just faking. She was. Do okay. we have a call? We are going to skip my introduction, and we're going to interrupt Earl. And we're going to go to John, who has been holding for quite a while Ooh. from Palm City. Good morning, Good John. Good morning. Good morning. I'm in another world because this radio station just played a number one tune of 1977, Dancing oh. Queen. Oh. And uh, it brings back a lot of memories, including a person that I met at the time, and he was the auto theft squad of New York City. Long story, because I had a 76 Corolla that was stolen at LaGuardia Airport. But I won't go into that details. Here's what his opinion and my opinion. The two most important documents that you could have on any automobile today, the most important, a year beyond belief, is one, the MSRP. You're only going to get that if the car is new, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and also the 17-digit serial number that comes on the dashboard on below the windshield Mm-hmm. That has every automobile. It has, must be displayed by federal law. It came out in 1981. And here's the detail on both of them. He enjoys going. He lives up in Lake George, New York, but he's a snowbird down here. Mm-hmm. His experience with going to a dealer, he copies on his camera the MSRP, the actual one. Mm-hmm. Earl did a uh, blog two weeks ago about the MSD manufacturer. Monroney sticker. Mm-hmm. What he does, he copies that. Not the phone he's next to or anything. Right. He goes into the salesman and said, this is the car I'm interested. 
It's stock number so-and-so, and here's a copy from the window of the MSRP. And that's what he says to the salesman. He gets turned away 90% of the time. He said, this is the MSRP. How much will you discount from that MSRP? Don't give me the nonsense about add-ons. Don't give me the nonsense. I'm going to the motor vehicle bureau myself. I'll get the tax and title, and I'll pay that. And guess what? 90-some-odd percent, they walk away. They will not talk to him. And we all know what the situation is. And then let me tell you the importance of, especially on a used car, of the 17-digit serial number. Each, and I won't go into the details, each digit means something. It starts off with the... uh, The American, whoever manufactured it, has a symbol. Mm -hmm. Japan, J, every symbol, including the one in the middle, has even the plant that the car was made. Your insurance company knows what engine is in the car. And of the 17 digits, I think one or two of them are kept perfectly secret. You don't know what they are because that's for the law enforcement. And also, that serial number... uh, just the latest consumer reports tell you about etching. You're wasting your money completely because these numbers are many places on the, on the automobile, places that we don't even know about. So you're wasting your money completely when they're charging you two or $3,000 for edging of your windows. But yeah. I just want to point out the importance of both of these items that I mentioned, the MSRP and the 17-digit serial number, which is a birth certificate, actually, of that car. It must always be displayed. By the way, the two rivets he told me that hold it on, you can't duplicate them. Only the manufacturers mm-hmm. supply that digit. So it, on the stolen cars or anything, if they're removed, they can tell right away just by the digits. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're rivets. So I just thought mention the two major items on any automobile on a new one with the MSRP, and on any automobile with the 17-digit serial number. Great information, John. I tell you, that's, it's, um, uh, I can see where your friend is getting thrown out of a lot of car dealerships because they, they don't like an, an informed shopper like that. Uh, uh, what I'd do to, if I were your friend, I'd, I'd try to use that information online. They're, they're enlightened dealers, not many of them, but they're coming online and they're coming aboard and they're, they're out there. Uh, he can cover 25 car dealerships online in the time it takes him to do one car dealership by foot, you know, by, by driving in and going through the process with a manager of the sales. He saves a lot of time. But that's great information. The VIN is one of the best-kept secrets. That's the vehicle, you know, the serial number. VIN, uh, they commonly refer to it as the vehicle identification number. And that is loaded with information. And most people don't even know that. You could, Again, you could go to Google and uh, put a VIN number in and, and, and get the information that usually the, only the dealers had. I didn't know. I'm a dealer. I didn't even know there were two secret numbers. i gotta, I got to check that out. So this is only for law enforcement, John? Uh, yes. It's not known. I don't think even like Rick would know what those symbols are. Incidentally, I want a question for Rick. If a person buys a used car, can they go back to the, say it's a Honda, can they go back to the Honda dealer with that serial number and they can't tell him, you know, who the owners were, but they can tell them, can they tell him if that car was ever bought in for service? Yes. 
As a matter of fact, if you run a Carfax on it, that will also include 99% of that service information because all of that is now computerized. And it's, although, like you say, the, uh, the person's personal information is not available, but whether they replaced air filters, uh, whether they had an air conditioning repair, brake job, oil change, tire rotation, all of that becomes service records that they're allowed to get access to. Well, that's good information, especially buying a used car. Besides the Carfax, you can go further with investigation on it. Well, it also makes it helpful in such cases. uh, You bought a used car, the battery dies, you go back to the dealership and find out, hey, the previous owner just put that battery in eight months ago, and that dealer will usually say, hey, that battery's under a one-year full warranty, so here's a new battery for free. Wow, that's valuable information. Incidentally, he told me Ring came out now. The Ring doorbell, Uh brand new. It's just announced. He doesn't know the full details on it. You can buy from them a Ring that you install somewhere on the car, and it follows your car. So if it's stolen or anything, it can be monitored with this Ring. It's brand new. It just came out. I don't know. He doesn't know much details about it. Kind of like a low jack system. Yeah, exactly. Hey, John, you know, uh, talking about valuable, we can't thank you enough for the valuable information that you share with us. Uh, You can't, well, you probably can't imagine how many people just did not know what you just shared this morning on the uh, serial number on uh, uh, so many numbers. Everyone says, why are there so many numbers? You just explained it all. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for calling the show every week. My pleasure. We have a great mystery shop coming up, so uh, you stick around. And, I'll and, stay attention. Yes. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thanks, John. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Bill in New York. Bill is a regular caller. Good morning, Bill. Um, good morning. Um, I have a question for Earl. Okay. Uh, what is the... What is the Lexus equivalent of the Toyota RAV4? What is the what of the RAV4? The Lexus equivalent uh, would be the, oh, I Lexus, believe yeah. it's the 200NX, is about the same level as the RAV4. Okay, um, uh, thank you. Um, that's, the, that's the only question I have for you. I, I want to thank you for your show, and um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Bill, that's a, that was a really good question, and I, I didn't know the answer. I'm glad Rick did. Um, I, I encourage people out there when they're buying any car, um, a lot of the manufacturers have two divisions, and they, they, they build pretty much the same car in both divisions, but they label one of them their luxury and the other one their low price spread, if you know what I mean. Uh, like Honda has the Acura, and it has the Honda. And the Chevrolet or General Motors has Chevrolets and they have Cadillacs. Uh, Nissan has a Nissan and the Infinity. And you'd be surprised. Uh, not only can you service and maintain your car 
if you buy the luxury car, say you buy an Infiniti, take it to a Nissan dealer. Uh, they have technicians that are trained to fix the car because they're basically the same car. Toyota dealers can fix Lexus uh, a lot cheaper than a Lexus dealer will charge you for repairs or maintenance. So uh, it's it, it, and you can even buy the car. I mean, the, if, if if you buy a if you buy a Lexus. You're going to pay for the name. If you buy an Acura, you buy a Cadillac, you buy an Infiniti, you're paying for the name. Uh, the actual vehicle under the skin, transmission, engine, and all the other important stuff, navigation, electronics, are pretty much identical between the luxury version and the non-luxury version. So I'm really glad you asked that question, Bill. Right. That's that's good to know. Um, uh, thank thank you very much, and have a, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Nice to hear from you again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to give you a website that you might want to jot down. We've talked about it before, and it's uh, how you can check on Florida car dealers that are breaking the law. And you can do that by going to www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. Jot that down. You may need it today. You may need it in the future, it really is a, a, a great read, and it will definitely guide you in the right direction. Um, also this morning, I have to mention that uh, the ladies can win themselves $50 this morning. Two female callers, new female callers, can win themselves $50. And uh, did, did you know that women... Well, they, they're responsible for purchasing 54% of cars. Yeah, of the cars out there in the, United, excuse me, in the United States. And they influence 84% of all vehicle purchases. So, ladies, give us a call. Share your experience. How did it go? Whether you leased, whether you purchased, whether you had service, anything at all, or if you just want to say hello, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, we haven't given out our anonymous feedback, and uh, I can monitor that. I don't know if, I, I don't think Rick can, and uh, Stu's not here, so... Uh, we have a special way you contact us for you new listeners. You, you regulars know I've uh, given this information out a lot. It's a, it's a URL. It's a website. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Feedback. This is the way it's spelled. F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Now, when you go there, you enter a question, uh, comment, criticism, any communication you want. And I don't know where you are, who you are. I can't find you. I can't knock on your door because you made me mad. Uh, we will take that almost unexpurgated anonymous feedback and read it on there. And I say almost because we don't do the profanity or vulgarity. But feel free. Uh, if, you, if you feel that angry, say it the way it is. We'll put a bleep in there, but we'll get the essence of your message across. Your, Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. Some people just like privacy, and I, I, you know, I, I'm not one of those people, but uh, uh, I respect those of you who do. In fact, uh, sometimes I wish I did have more privacy, but I just decided I just opened myself up to the, to the public, and I've done it, and 
I'm happy with that status. But a lot of people would prefer to communicate privately, and that's a really, really good way to do it. And, of course, we've got the regular number, 877-960-9960, and we will prioritize those. Uh, Nancy will stop whoever's yakking, probably me, and say, we have a caller, 877-960-9960, or text us at 772-497-6530. And I know you YouTubers out there are probably YouTubing as we speak, because we always have more YouTube comments than anything. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And, which used to be, I thought, the, the you know, the, the, the really high-tech, interesting thing. Facebook, I was really excited when I figured out Facebook. Now it's just for old people. I mean, <laughs> the younger people don't use Facebook. And it's dropped out of uh, usage. It's way down at the bottom, way below most everything. But we still have Facebook. I like Facebook. We still use it. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We got a caller. We are going to go to Howard, who gives us a call every week from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope you're all well. It's a beautiful day outside today. It sure uh, is. Right. My question for Rick is about brakes, uh, specifically uh, rear brakes. Uh, my question is this: Why why don't rear brakes wear out uh, as fast as the front brakes wear out? Gravity. <laughs> the when you're driving a car, the force of inertia, <clears throat> all that weight is traveling along, going straight ahead, and when you step on the brakes, all that weight still wants to continue forwards, so gravity makes it pull slightly downwards. And it makes all the pressure go onto the front brakes. The front brakes do 70% of the stopping power of the car simply because of inertia and gravity. So your rear brakes, all that weight is moving forwards. The back of the car tends to lift up a little bit and become much less weight on those brakes. So they actually have to use what are called proportioning valves to reduce the braking effort to the rear so that your rear brakes don't just lock up because they don't really have any real weight on them, and you don't lose control of the back end that way. Well, what a great explanation that was. I, I mean, I knew the front wheel, but I never <laughs> thought about it that way. Inertia and gravity. Well said. Thank you. Yeah, Earl, you're, you're an engineer, so you understand it better than I do. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, but <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that uh, I, I, I thought about, you know, actually what I thought, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I think a lot of things are wrong until Rick uh, sets me right. I used to think it was because we had cars, the engine was in the front, and, and, and most of the weight was in the front, and I thought that's what did it. I never thought about the braking and the, and the inertia. So that's that's exactly, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, I don't dare uh, think about these things unless I talk to Rick because usually <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. The next question about brakes. I had a 2003 Camry. It had drum brakes in the rear. I had 150,000 miles on it. The drum brakes never were, you know, affected. I never had it cut. So my question is number one: Why do the drum brakes uh, last longer than the uh, the, the, uh, the pads and number two why did they dis, uh, discontinue the drum brakes if they worked fine well drum brakes although they seem to operate nicely 
and they don't wear nearly as fast, it's because they do much less stopping power. But the other fact of it is they're a lot less efficient at actually stopping the car than disc brakes are. Disc brakes get much better efficiency and work much better stopping the car. Uh, if you've ever driven an older car from, say, the 40s, 50s, when they had four-wheel drum brakes all the way around, and you stepped on the brake, you were putting all your weight down, and those big old cars then, they were just keeping on going. The brakes weren't very efficient. Drum brakes just don't work well. Not only that, but uh, if it rained, you went over a puddle, you lost the brakes. Slip sliding away, yep. That happened to me once. Yeah, my 59, 59 Dodge Wayfarer with uh, fluid drive. Now, oh, yeah. You don't, you don't remember fluid drive. You're too young, right? <laughs> I've read about it. I read, I've read up on it. <laughs> Believe me, vehicle history, <laughs> the Earl, history you know of how these systems all came about has fascinated me. And right now, I would bet, uh, I think we've got something like 40 techs working in our shop and I would be willing to bet there's maybe one or two others in the entire shop that can even tell you what points and condensers are, let alone having ever touched a set of them or adjusted them or even used a dwell meter. And, and yet I, I have because I understand the history because if you understand history of something, you know where it's going. That's my feeling. But anyways, for drum brakes, they were the old history style. And it, it amazed me that Toyota kept going with drum brakes on the back of Tacoma pickups, even today. Every other vehicle has gone to disc brakes in the back to improve that stopping power. Now, yes, they do wear out a little faster than drum brakes, but that's because they're actually getting some use and because they can get better power and they can actually help uh, control the brakes. And especially when you're using such things as uh, dynamic braking, which is the computer, your, your anti-lock brakes, actually controlling each wheel and the braking power going to each wheel. It's amazing how much that technology has improved how those brakes operate. Uh, you think back to some of those cars of the 50s and things we used to have to do and teach young drivers how to handle skids, how to handle every little aspect of controlling that car you were literally controlling a, a, a wild bronco as to compared to today where it's the gentlest of mares that you're driving i mean these cars today literally are on the edge of driving themselves and you don't have to control it anymore the car will control it okay one other question if you're replacing a brake pad and you have a Toyota. Should you use Toyota pads or uh, I think they're uh, Wagner pads, uh, I think they're called. Uh, uh, and they're, they're you know, uh, pads that come from different manufacturing companies and are not Toyota. Uh, some are metallic, some are semi-metallic, some are ceramic. I don't understand the whole thing. Can you explain about metallic, semi-metallic, uh, ceramic? And the uh, difference between Wagner or uh, Toyota pairs. I'll, yeah, I'll hang up now because I'm talking too much. I'll let you explain that. Thank you very much and have a good day. Thanks, no everybody. worries. 
There's lots of aftermarket companies out there making brake pads, and most of them are excellent quality. They're, they're great to use. Some of them do make more noise than others. But one thing I will always recommend, avoid metallic or semi-metallic pads because pads are much cheaper than the rotors. Pads, semi-metallic and metallic, will wear down the rotors faster. <clears throat> rotors can be resurfaced usually two or three times before they become too thin to be usable and have to be replaced. Well, do all the manufacturers use non? 90% of manufacturers use ceramic brake pads yeah. so that the pads wear out, but your rotors, you can simply recut them and reuse them so the metallic, over and over. The metallic is what you want to avoid. Or they're, right. They're less expensive. They're, they're actually a little pricier in the aftermarket world, but that's because it's a hype thing. They hype them up. Oh, these metallic brake pads, which sounds great, except when you realize that you're paying more, they wear the same amount of time as ceramic, and yet they eat up your brake rotors, so you got to replace the brake so rotors so they cost your next brake job. They're not as good, they should cost less. That's Interesting information today. Hey, folks, uh, we're going to get back to the phones. We have a lot of calls that are backed up. Uh, give us a call if you didn't jot that number down, 877-960-9960. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. Uh, we're going to go to Mark in Lake Worth. And uh, Marty in West Palm, hold on for a moment. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How you doing? We're well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, I just wanted to relate uh, a used car experience I had. Uh, I went to sell my 2010 Toyota Corolla uh, LE, and it had 91,400 miles on it. And I went on KBB, and I went on Edmonds just to get an idea and a range of what I might expect. And then I went over, interestingly, to CarMax, uh, <clears throat> and they got a big sign. You can't miss it. Uh, and it says, uh, all transactions will incur a $399 fee. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, <laughs> In the used car market, it's there too now. Yeah, they've raised their uh, dealer fee. Uh, they, I think they were lower, but uh, they're joining the rat race. And, and uh, although that is still much lower than all the other dealer fees, uh, yeah. it's still a lot more than they used to charge. But like I said, the sign is there, and it's you know yeah. real big. You can't miss it. So <clears throat> I gave the guy the car the car keys. And they drove it around and looked at it and back and forth. And uh, I'm the original owner, and I take good care of it. I had the maintenance records to show. All right, we'll give you 5400 And I said, uh, that includes the uh, 399 No, we're going to, you know, we got to take off 399 so it's really 5000 Oh, I didn't realize what you said. So not only do they charge their dealer fee when they sell your car, they charge you again when they buy your car? Yep, that's what, uh, that's what the guy told yeah, me. Yeah, you hear me say week after week, I learn more from my callers than they learn from me. I, I'm learning I'm learning from Rick. I'm learning from you. I didn't know that. That's, that's unconscionable. Of course. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're going to charge a dealer fee when you sell a car, you can say everybody else does. I've never heard of charging a dealer fee when you buy a car. Mark, did you say what? it was $3.99? Yeah. 
Gosh. <laughs> yeah. I said, that's a lot of money to do paperwork. Well, it is, yeah. And, and, and it, it, it miss. It, it, it misleads you. I mean, if you if you call CarMax and you say, how much will you pay me for the car? They're going to give you a price, but it's another 400 bucks. Uh, they're charging the dealer fee when they buy your car. Thanks so they much for the information. That's their language. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're sitting here. Wow. We're shaking our heads, looking at each other. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Here, here's the rest of the story. So they... Uh, <clears throat> They give me the printout, you know, it's good for three days or five days, thank you. Then there's a place directly across the street, this is in Boynton Beach, and it's called Car Drop. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Okay. And uh, they got the guy outside with the big placket, after you see CarMax, see us, you know? Mm -hmm. I drive in, it's the middle of the day, there's nobody there, guy comes out and takes the, the car keys, Looks it over, drives it around the parking lot, and he said, did you go to CarMax? I said, yeah. He says, you mind telling me what they offered you? And I said, no, I'm not going to tell you. I want to hear your <laughs> offer first. Good for you. Right? And he says, I'm going to make you an aggressive offer. You're not going to leave. You know, <laughs> you're going to sell me your car, and blah, blah, blah. And he comes back, and <clears throat> he says, I'm going to give you $6,000 for the car. Huh. And I don't have any transaction fees. He knew uh -huh. right away. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So uh, <clears throat> I said, uh, well, this seems like, uh, you know, selling a car to them seems like the reverse of buying a car. Well, we got to play this back and forth game a little bit now. Yeah. yeah. So the guy <clears throat> says to me, uh, and I'm looking, and he gives me this whole printed thing about their offer. And there's font at the bottom, and it's not size 10, 11, or 12. It's like 14 or 15. And it says, if you make the deal today, we will give you an extra $100. <laughs> hmm. Okay? Hmm. So I'm at $6,100, and I take out my phone calculator, and I'm playing around with it. And he says, uh, no, I uh, you know, you, you look like you're hesitating. I don't want you to leave. You know, um, I'll give you another $100. Oh. Okay. I said, all right, you know. That's worth your time. You, you should have stayed there for a few hours. You don't ever know. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you know, it's like sitting in a car dealer, you know, the reverse where you say, hey, you know, I don't have the right price. Come on, honey, let's go. You, know? you should have and, got out your calculator, your iPad, and just sat there and just did some back and forth. I don't know, uh, text, right. text one that, of your friends or something just to get did you this Did guy. you sell it, Mark? <laughs> wait, wait. So uh, I said to him, okay, uh, we're at uh, 63. I said to him, all right, make it 64 and we have a deal. And he said, no, I can't. I'll meet you in the middle. So I sold it for sixty-three fifty. Wow, you're that's a very, very you're a great negotiator, yeah, Mark. Great a, negotiator. A great What's the name of that place again? Right next to Carmax and Boynton. Car drop. C 
A-R-D-R-O-P, right across the street. Yeah, that's a great location. I'm sure uh, they thought long and hard before they bought that uh, property there. I think there's some other. It's been a long time. Nancy and I were there a few years ago, and there were a lot of little places around there. But what a great location. CarMax, they advertise like crazy. And so you get, every time you go to CarMax, you go past uh, this, this company and, and the others uh, in that area. And CarMax... Uh, they have a, a computer software program. They don't appraise cars like anybody else. Their computer, they input, right. and and if they don't need the car, they will make you an offer anyway. But it'll be way below the actual value. So here is what happens: you come in there, they give you if they give you one of those low balls where you they don't want the car, then the guy is across the street, like you just found out. He's able to pay you a lot more money for the car, but you'd have never come down there to, to get the price. CarMax lowballed you, and you went over finally negotiated a good price. So that's a great story. I mean, 5000 over there or 6350 here. You know, that's uh, – I, I mean, this is the first time I've done something like this. In all my life, I've always sold privately. But uh, I said, you know, I'm getting too old for this nonsense of people showing up, not showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me wrong. Disadvantage. Uh, and then they want to beat you up on the pro- every little yeah. thing. They want to knock yeah, money exactly. off. Exactly. It. it used to be the way to go, but yeah. mm, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, and then today, you know, I mean, I don't know. They don't like something. Somebody's carrying a gun or a weapon. I, I just, you know, it's I, all it, it's all it, part of the world going sideways, Mark. Yeah. Mark, I can't. We can't thank you enough for the information you shared with us. Uh, you, you've really uh, made our morning. Uh, thank you so much. I got to jump off. We got a bunch of callers. Okay. Have, have All a, right. have have a, a wonderful week. weekend, and please give us a call again. Will do. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, we are going to go to uh, Marty in West Palm Beach. Hi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, welcome, Marty. I got, uh, I got a question for Rick. On the blind spot monitor on Toyota, <coughs> when you put your turning signal on, if a, guy, if a guy's in your blind spot, uh-huh. it'll flash on the mirror, but there won't be an audible sound. Is there any way to make that audible? And I heard even on the 23s, it's not audible. I, if the turn signal is on... I think it, it means you should be looking at the mirror so that you're seeing it. So they're expecting you. I don't think there's a way to reactivate that uh, audio. I'd have to look into that. <coughs> <coughs> that's not standard. You'd have to do a, uh, a special modification. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be listed in our customizable features. Uh, if you stop in at a dealership and just tell them you want them to adjust that, they should be able to do that pretty quickly for you. A customizable yeah. features, is that uh, as recommended by Toyota or as recommended by us? Uh, customizable features is something where we can take our Toyota TechStream scan tool, connect it to the car. So it's factory and, authorized. Yes, and we okay. can change certain features like your uh, your seatbelt buzzer. When you get in the car and the seatbelt buzzer beeps like over and over and over, we can actually switch that to where it only beeps just one time. Is that in the owner's manual? A lot of it's listed in the owner's manual as to what we can change. Uh, some of it the, the owner can do by themselves, just doing things with the, the center console and the radio systems. 
Others, we actually have to use a scan tool to go in and do it. Um, the beep for when you put the car in reverse and it beeps inside. We can set that to be a single beep or continuous beeping while you're backing up. Yeah. Wouldn't it be amazing yeah. if well, uh, the cars the, with amazing features that they talked about in the consumer the report that they would detail all of that for the consumer and it would I just went be on, uh, automatic? I went on, Rick, I went on Google and I asked about the Audible mm -hmm. and it said, no, Toyota does not have that Audible. Now, that you obviously ah. work on Toyotas, but Google said no. Now, I got to, I mean, obviously, when my car finally gets here, I'm going to ask if, if you can do it. I mean, I've got a 20 now Camry, which, it, like I say, it blinks. If, if you put on the left uh, turn signal, right. the mirror, it will blink, but there's no audible. On my wife's CRV, if you turn it on, there's an audible. Set. It, it blinks, and it's also audible. So the other thing is, it's like when you get in your car and you have your air conditioning going and it's loud and everything, you can't turn up the volume on some of these, like, uh, rear cross traffic alert or stuff like that. There's yeah. no way to make it louder. Uh, some, there, some there is. And the only way really to check is each, each individual model has a lot of different features that can be adjusted. Okay. And the only way to do it is that we actually hook in our scan tool and we go right through the list. Uh, you can actually sit in the car with a technician, usually, at least at our shop, and say, yeah, turn that one on, turn that one off, turn that one on, turn that one off. Okay. Now, do you charge for that? Uh, we normally do get a, a half-hour labor, you know, because it's the technician's time where he has to hook the scan tool up and sit there adjusting each one with you to get, you know, to customize your vehicle to what you want it to do. But like I say, if you just want an audible on the uh, on the uh, rear cross traffic alert, so it'll take about a half hour. Yeah. Okay. All okay, right. Marty. When the car shows up, I'll, I'll bring it in there and see what, if you can do it. We're looking forward to seeing Excellent. you. Excellent. Got to jump off. I have another call. Have a great weekend. We're going to talk to Mike in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, I want to first compliment uh, uh, Rick because uh, I bought a uh, Hyundai, a twenty eighteen, uh, in around twenty one or twenty two, mm -hmm. and it had twelve thousand miles on it. I bought it from uh, Earl uh, Earl Stewart, and I'm going to tell you it's the best car I ever earned, uh, owned in my life. Uh, I'm really really happy with. It. I pass it on as a wedding present to my daughter. But in any case. Uh, I didn't have to put anything into that car. I went from 18,000 miles to 39,000 miles, and everything was perfect in that car. I was really, really happy. The dealer's car fax on it was a one owner, never leased. So I was complimenting him on that. What, I do model, have what model of Hyundai is it, Mike? It what? was the uh, Sonata. A Sonata, the yeah. silver one. Hmm. Yeah, what a great car that is. And they've had it now for years, and... Uh, uh, you know, it's just been really, really good for them. So I'm really happy about uh, how sharp you people are over there at uh, Earl Stewart. I got to tell you, I've I've worked for Earl for 28 years now as a Toyota technician. 28 years, and I'm one of those that you take the word racist and you switch a couple letters. It's carist. 
And that's me. I would never consider another vehicle except a Toyota. My family members quickly found out that if they didn't own a Toyota, don't ask me. I wasn't going to work on it. And yet the Hyundai has come so far that I literally have almost considered trading my Tacoma and buying a Hyundai Santa Fe. That new SUV-looking pickup thing they have, it's gorgeous. I mean, they've got some style, and they've got quality, and it's like, wow. Mike, I just looked at consumer. I mean, conservatively, 41 miles per gallon on the highway, if you're, you know, really watching what you're doing, okay? Around town, you know, 22, 25, something like that. I mean, a great, great car, really. Yeah. They're awesome. But let me uh, get to my question before we run out of time. I got three questions for you. What do you call this dashboard screen on my 2014 ATS Cadillac that I have? They usually call that the the center display. Uh, every manufacturer has their Auto. own name. I know, but what I say is I cannot find it on Rock Auto because I got to replace it. Doesn't work anymore, and. Uh, Amongst other things, there were problems with this car when I bought it. I should I should have had it to my mechanic first, and I made a bad mistake by not doing it. I recommend that to everybody. If you're going to buy a used car, take it to a mechanic you trust first before you sign on the bottom line. Absolutely. Case, uh, they won $1,000 at the AutoNation Cadillac for uh, replacing that screen, and I figured I could go to uh, Rock Auto, and I can't find it in Rock Auto. They, I think I'd get yes, it a lot less to do it myself. Sometimes they don't carry it. Uh, you might check on eBay. Okay. Um, a lot of companies that do what's called uh, like LKQ, which is they're a, a car. I don't want to call them a junkyard anymore. They're a recycling center. They take the old busted up cars. They find yeah, the parts on them that are still yeah. good and they, they yeah. recycle them. So LKQ does a lot of business online on eBay and they will put a guarantee on that part sometimes six months, sometimes a year, that they will replace that part if it doesn't work for you. So, okay. I mean, you, then you've only got just the time and effort of putting, you know, installing it, but you can find some yeah. pretty good deals on her. Is that LTQ you said? No, it's LK, the, the letters, three letters, LKQ, okay. yeah. Yeah. and I it stands for like, ago. kind, quality. You got it. Okay, let me ask you my questions that uh, I'm having a problem with, okay? Um, I got to replace that screen. I'm hoping that'll be able to get it for a lot less than one thousand. By the way, I go back. I'm 77 years old, so uh, I I put points and plugs and distributors and timing change. I I had a 427 uh, Corvette one time. I really worked. They took the heads off. Did a racing job. Bought it. Put a cam in it. Blah 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 blah. So I'm a motorhead, so to speak. All right. So I know what. When it came to computers, I stopped because I don't want to invest that much money into a an analyzing computer so, uh, system. So anyway, uh, going on, uh, my Cadillac, when I stop at a light, has a rough idle. I've tried to do, uh, you know, injector cleaners and this and that. What might be the cause of that? Otherwise, this car's really got some pep because it's a turbo. It's an ATC 2014 turbocharged uh, car. But at, at idle, it just rumbles. Yeah. Unless, I put it in, unless I put it in neutral. The two things I would look at are the motor mounts, because when motor mounts start to get soft and they wear a little bit the vibrations uh -huh. are transmitted more into the frame and you feel the engine more 
And yeah. the other is the uh, big butterfly plate in the throttle body. Maybe get some carbon on it. Uh, just open, pull the hose off so you can see it. Take a scotch Bright pad. Spray a little bit of throttle body cleaner on the pad. Don't spray it directly in. Just enough to dampen it and scrub that throttle body plate and the round bore of the throttle body. Get all the carbon out of there and see if that helps you out. Now, you said throttle body. You're talking about your pedal or are you talking about another part in the engine? Nope. Part? On, on the engine, you've got the air box with the air cleaner. Big yeah. hose goes to the engine. And where right. it becomes metal, that's your throttle body. I got you. Okay, I know exactly where that is. Um, the other question I have is, uh, <laughs> this is really screwy. I get good cold air conditioning coming out of the driver's side vents and hot air, heated air coming out of the passenger side vents. I was told that you got to charge your air conditioner. That doesn't make any sense to me at all because I'm getting nice cold air out of the driver's side Exactly only true. When only when I'm moving. Yeah, you're just you're low on Freon. Really? Yep. Okay, Mike. I'm, we can, Mike, I'm, I'm Mike, like, we can't they, answer any more they, questions, or we're going to have to charge you. And we, that's we, okay. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it because it's very important. I was told you just, got, that you, you just got nine hundred dollars worth of diagnostic information, yeah. and we well, have callers I, waiting. I know. If I if I if I crank the battery terminals, that may reset my actuators. Is there any truth to that? Possible. Video. Disconnect one, let it sit, reconnect it, but you are low on Freon. So I shouldn't clank them, I should just reset. Okay, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You, Mike. Mike, it was nice speaking to you. That was $1,200 worth, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Absolutely. We'll send them a bill. We're going to we'll move on. Bill. <laughs> okay. 877-960-9960. Yeah, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, youranonymousfeedback.com. Ladies, a reminder, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a shout. Just say hello or make it really interesting. How was your service? How was your leasing? How was your purchase? Did you buy new? Did you buy used? 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, I just uh, I I hope Mike is uh, tuned out. I don't want him to hear this, but uh, when he was talking about his uh, his uh, Hyundai Sonata and uh, being such a great used car, he bought it from us and uh, hasn't had any trouble with it. And and then Rick went on about how he loves the Hyundai. So I whipped out the annual Consumer Reports auto issue, and uh, this is something you you should have in your library. This is a, it's, it's current on the newsstands now, available online. But uh, one of my favorite uh, reports in this are the new cars and used cars to avoid. There are a lot of good cars out there. Most cars are good cars now, today. I mean, you can say that safely. So it's, it's better to know the ones that you want to avoid. And the uh, used car to avoid is the 2018 Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> so. I, I did forget one thing, and Donovan actually brought this up. Hyundai and Kia are still having some issues with their electrical systems catching yeah, fire. Yeah, but my, I'm, not, I'm not saying so, I, I, Hyundai is a good car, and, and Kia is a good car. Yeah. They're, they're, they're much better than they were when they first came over from Korea, 
and they're and they're getting better every day. So they're they're great cars. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think the point I'm trying to make is here is a man that bought a car. We sold it to him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, whether we knew or didn't know, I, I I'll have to get my lawyer before I can answer that. That it was on the uh, the worst car list, but we sold it, so I plead guilty. But he's had extraordinarily good experience with it, and this is 19, 2023. That's yeah, a five-year-old car. Five-year-old car. Going on six. So, Consumer Reports isn't the final word. Uh, I think Mike said something that trumps Consumer Reports is everything. If you're going to buy a used car, take it to an independent mechanic you can trust, have him go over it. So even a car on the do not buy list, you check it over, and if it's in good shape, buy it. Maybe you get a better price because it is on the do not buy list. Then you have to pay 100 bucks to a mechanic to check it out. That's the best 100 bucks you ever spent. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, there you go. You can, you can, find, <laughs> you can find a gem in the rough sometimes. And sometimes you can get that right Hyundai that's... Not going to catch fire on you. How are we doing on text and YouTube, Rick? Uh, uh, YouTube has been kind of around the clock a little bit here, but I'm going to answer one question. Uh, for Johnny Fraidley, uh, the GR86 that's coming out for Toyota is going to be, I, I don't believe Subaru is involved with this one, and it is going to be the all-Toyota, and it's the based on what's known as Gazoo Racing, which is the GR portion of the new Supra, the GR Corolla, and now the GR86. Uh, yes, that is supposed to be in production for 24, and we're looking at that coming very soon. Okay, and for text messages, let us go right to Anne Marie, as we usually do. Good morning, Anne Marie. Um, she's actually got one here that uh, it came in from March 25, but we're kind of continuing up. It says, Good morning, all. What's up with Tesla and steering wheels? First, Tesla came under federal investigation because at least two steering wheels on Model Y SUVs detached while they were being driven. Good Lord. Now, that's a horror story there. That's like something you see on a comedy show. Exactly. Reports say the cars were being delivered to the buyers without the retaining bolt that attaches the steering wheel to the steering column. Then Tesla announces that they had $700 steering wheels to replace the yokes on some models. So I guess some of them, they don't like that fancy little pilot looking thing. They want a full wheel. Apparently there's lots of Tesla owners who dislike the yoke because the replacement steering wheels sold out in a week at $700 a pop. Tesla has been a leader in technological advances for years why are they now goofing up on something as basic as steering wheels? Do you have any ideas? Thanks. P.S. Palm Beach Post readers voted on businesses they felt were the best of Palm Beaches for 2023. Congratulations. Earl Stewart Toyota won first, ply, first place in the following categories. The best auto dealer service department, best new car dealership, best oil change service, and the best used car dealership. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie. I appreciate that uh, commercial. <laughs> and we're very proud of that. It's our, our fifth year of winning those awards. Congratulations. And hey, she went on to mention also the SN, or CNN story that announced this thing of the issue with steering wheels. Mm -hmm. um, 
Let, let me let me tackle the Tesla thing. Uh, having you know, we drive Nancy and I drive a Tesla, and uh, and uh, we're not uh, we're not touting the Tesla as being a defect-free car. There have a one thing is driving us crazy now is the windshield washer uh, has failed twice and. I don't uh, now. I have to take it into Tesla because anytime something fails twice, and I I, I got to agree with them. They want to, you know, to, they want to report it and they want to examine it and see why. Uh, they're going to have to replace probably the washer motor again. They may have a problem, and, and we we've had little issues like that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what the, what's extraordinary about Tesla is the technology and and the, and the the fit and finish we used to call it the old days leave a lot to be desired. Every time I close a door on the Tesla, it it, it worries me because it doesn't sound like it closed all the way, but it does, and that's partly the composite material they use and the light. Everything is lighter. Today, so if you if you've never driven a Tesla and you buy one, you're probably going to have a lot of things that are going to irritate you because they're going to be a little different. But you know, every, like everything else, you're when you're the drivability. It's a fun car. It's uh, a technological miracle, uh, and that offsets a lot of the glitches. They, you know, I, I can tell you right now, uh, uh, Nancy's Avalon. As far as I'm concerned, she drives a, she drives an Avalon too, uh, is a, a better quality car than the Tesla we're driving, but it can't hold a candle to the Tesla in terms of performance. So yeah, where, where I used to say easy easy when someone would close my Avalon door uh, on the Tesla, I believe I may have to have my shoulder replaced because uh, <clears throat> it's mostly on the passenger side. As far as the yoke is concerned, my hands are small, so I can you know, maneuver the yoke. And uh, I, I, I kind of like it, you know. And uh, as Jonathan said, uh, the yoke's on you. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of the yoke, uh, somebody <laughs> actually <laughs> turned on the, the uh, I didn't know it had a steering wheel heater, and we can't figure out how to turn it off, so I'll have to Google it. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the other thing, until we get down to uh, Tesla, you know, in West Palm Beach, um, I'm taking up my time cleaning the windshield inside and out. Yeah. I just, I won't drive with a dirty Can't windshield. Can't use a washer. The washer's broken twice. I won't Ooh. drive with a dirty windshield. It's, that's all there is to it. Oh, so, by the way, speaking of Tesla, let me change the subject on you. I was going crazy because... Oh, we have callers. I'll shut up. Let's okay. go. Um, we, uh, sorry to keep you holding, guys, everybody that's holding uh, on our lines. We're going to go to Marilyn from Delray Beach, and Marilyn is a first-time caller. Ooh. And I want to thank her for calling and let her know that she can stay on the line, and uh, she can give uh, Jeremy her contact information. He'll pass that along to me before I leave the studio this morning, and I'll write that check out to you, Marilyn, and send it to your contact information. Welcome. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Okay. That's uh, good. I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, I moved from New York uh, to Florida, Delray, eight years ago. I came with a, I had my car set from New York. I have Toyota, you know, the Toyota Cavalry. Mm-hmm. And I went to the well-known, you know, Toyota here in Delray Beach. I don't have to mention his name. I'm sure you know. And uh, I used to always service my car. 
Okay? Now, I have the car a long time. The reason I keep the car is I only have about 62,000 miles. And the car is a, a nine. So it's pretty good. You know, I don't really go that far. It's usually, you know. And yeah, that's pretty low miles. Yeah, it's got low miles. And so my son said, where are you going? Well, what are you going to sell the car for? It's got low mileage. Okay? And I have serviced the car since the day I got my car, whether it was in New York or here. Always service the car. Never said a word. The problem with the car dealership is every time I go, uh, they never have the same service guy. Hmm. If I get one that I like that knows my car, next time I go for service, he's gone. I have never seen the service man there who, you know, is there more than six months. They're always fired or they quit. Okay, so that's not the story. The story is I finally started to have a problem with the car. And by the way, every time I needed tires, they told me I would spend it. I used to say to my daughter, why am I always changing tires? I don't go anywhere. Oh, they told me it's the heat here. And I, I was just taken for a ride all the time. Anyway, about uh, two years ago, I had a problem with the car. They told me it was something with the engine, and uh, the car kept making noise. If I put the car, like, in park, I would hear uh, a noise. If I was standing waiting for coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, when you wait, you could really hear the noise, whether my foot is on the brake or it was in uh, neutral. It would hear this. You could hear the noise. People could hear it. So I brought it into them, and they told me it's this, it's that, it's all kinds of things. I walked out with a $3,000 bill. Hmm. I cannot believe it. And I kept complaining that I still have the noise. Oh, they don't hear it. We don't hear it. Hmm. Said, How could you not hear it? Everybody hears it. Let's go outside. Maybe you'll hear it. No, no, no. We, we, can hear. We, we would know. I kept bringing it back within that year that the noise was still there. I finally got set up. I went to get my car serviced again, and I told the guy, it's still there, the noise, okay? So finally, one person heard it, okay? He calls another guy, and they hear it, okay? Not as much allowed because they're inside the place where they work. Okay, they take the car away from me for one week. They keep it, they're busy. And they come back, and they call me and tell me that it's the engine now and that I'm losing oil, and I have to get a new engine, which would be about $4,000. Oh, 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 my. Crazy. And I swear to God, this is a, this is the service manager came out also. I said, are you crazy? So I called my son in New York, and he gets a hold of them on the phone. He says, no, don't do anything. Just leave it alone. Uh, let her drive the car out, okay? And I drive the car out. He said, Mom, don't go near them anymore. Uh, go check the oil on yourself. See how it is. Because they told me I'm going to lose all my oil. It's going to ruin me. It's, I'm going to have no car. It's already now a year. My oil is fine. I still have that noise when I keep it in, you know, neutral. But if I step down heavy on the brake, the noise stops. Like if I've got a light and I press down heavier on the brake, the noise stops. But if I'm light and I'm just, you know, waiting and I keep the car neutral, you'll hear that engine. You know what I'm saying? You hear like a noise in the car. Yeah, Rick, yeah. what do you think? I think you stirred. Uh, I think you stirred Rick's interest, Marilyn, and I think he can answer your question. Um, it, okay. it actually is one of those things. I would almost I would need to hear it myself, uh, but the technicians there are not doing any favors because the first thing they should have done if they couldn't hear it, they should have said, "Bring the customer with the car. Let's go for a drive. Let let me hear this noise, uh, right. and have you directly pointed out to the tech." But you can't diagnose it just from this. The noise uh, is only uh, when I'm in park. 
Yeah. Or when I'm waiting for, you know, it's not when I'm driving. Yeah, Maryland. Right. If I stop Maryland. for a light or if I stop at Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee, you, you, you can't not hear it. Yeah, this, this is if something I'd, I'd have to hear it for myself. But I, I, right. I guarantee we can find it, but I, I would just have to hear it myself. Marilyn, it seems to me you've invested too much time already with this dealer. And uh, I, I recommend that you find another either independent mechanic or another Toyota dealer in the area. Uh, it, it always, going back to the same dealer when you get this kind of treatment is not a good idea. I think you, you should, uh, uh, maybe ask some of your friends that, uh, I have to have a new mechanic to go to a private. I'm going to test it out, but that's not bothering me. It's bothering me that after so many years of doing business with them, try to rip me off. Yeah. I never miss me. I'm I'm disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. No excuse for it. Marilyn, where, where are you located? Delray. 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 And I'm not, I, wow. I don't know who I use. I don't have to make it up. It's right on here on, you know, uh, Delray Beach is one of the most well-known. And I, this is what I have. Yeah. Obviously, something's wrong because he can't keep his men that work for him. Well, he's gone. But, I mean, they can't keep the people that work for them. Yeah. Yeah, They're it gets you pretty me. heated. Uh, Marilyn, I agree with Earl. It's time to move on and either go to a, you know, a, a mechanic, Private. you know, or if you uh, so wish, uh, go to another Toyota dealership. Uh, but uh, these people down in Del Rey, I'd uh, forget about it. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing I can do. I'm using the car the way it is, and I'll see that I'm going to buy a new car, look for a new car now, but I'll definitely not go there. Yeah. I happen to love the Toyota. It's a great driving car. And yeah. I love it. I hate giving it up because it is a great, comfortable drive. And believe it or not, I don't know what the 209 has, but everybody comes to me. They want to buy the car. Yeah. If I go to wash the car, I guess they want the car. I bet. I bet. That's a great car that you're driving. And it's uh, definitely worth you moving on and checking out what is wrong. Uh, Marilyn, please uh, don't forget to stay on the line to collect uh, you know, the uh, $50 uh, from me. Uh, Jeremy will get your information, and uh, I'll send it out to you. What's fifty dollars? I don't even know. What you're the first about. time uh, female caller, and we every week we pay fifty dollars to the first two new female callers. So you'll have a check oh. arriving in the mail within the week. So unbeknownst to you, yes, Marilyn, really. you're you're helping me build my platform I I here I uh, for the ladies. And I thank you. It's funny because I just turned my radio on. You usually listen. I never had your oh. phone. I'm always listening to the news. And I said, you know what? I'm I'm up. I'm going to call you and tell you about my car. I don't want to mention the uh, car dealer's name, but I really was taken. Uh, and uh, they won't get me anymore. That's for sure. They do lose the customer. I'll find another Toyota. I know there's one not far. Thank you so much, Marilyn. I, um, you know, can't wait to hear back from you. Uh, we've got callers backed up, and I'm going to have to jump oh, okay. off right now. Well, thank you very much. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. We're going to go to John in West Palm Beach. Uh, Fred and Dick, hold on. Good morning, John. Good, Good morning. morning. Which John is it? You got a bunch of them. Is it yeah, me? we sure do. I'll get to you later. I'll get to you later with their last names. We hear you, John. <laughs> okay, very good. Hey, I just wanted to get clarification on um, the uh, article about the steering wheels uh, coming off on the uh, Teslas. Mm-hmm. Did did the article say that these were new vehicles being delivered to the customers? Yes, and, I think uh, so. I, I think they were talking about the Model Y. Yeah, and it doesn't matter which. 
these these cars weren't even on the road yet. It's just quality control missed the bolt on the two steering wheels. Because it would, I would have had a different concern if the customer had taken the car and it came off while they were driving. Well, it I think they like did take the car, John. I think I don't know that uh, all of them came off, but I think that uh, there was some sort of defect where some of them apparently either almost came off or would have come off. But uh, whenever they see a defect like that, they bring back yeah. all the models to correct it. It gets your attention, John. Has Have you yeah, ever lost your uh, steering wheel? No. Okay, had, here's um, a true story, John. Hey, John. Me, Nancy Stewart, my... I'd lost my steering wheel in my Mazda about 36 years ago, and it is a feeling you would never, ever forget. I hit a, I hit a pole. It's frightening. So uh, we've really gotten, this news has really gotten Tesla's attention, uh, and it is well-deserved. Hey, John, I'm, I'm yeah. quoting directly from the CNN website uh, with this story. Federal safety regulators are investigating Tesla's Y uh, Model Y SUV after at least two instances in which owners said their steering wheels became detached while the vehicle was being driven. Okay. The owners. The NHTSA right. is looking into the 23 model year. It said two in the two instances in which the steering wheel came off, the cars were delivered to buyers without the retaining bolt that attaches the wheel to the steering column. Yeah. Uh, the okay. report did not say if there were accidents or injuries, but according to CNN, the the cars were being driven by the owners at the time when the wheel came off. Thanks, Rick. Okay, good. So, all right, so I heard it incorrectly. And that, but now the, the most important reason why I called is I... Uh, Rick, I owe you an apology for last week. Last week, I uh, I had made a comment about uh, uh, the 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 younger people, those born nineties, that you know ha, you know may not be able to work on older cars, and that's an assumption I made. And and I just want to apologize that I I I know you guys are knowledgeable, and I know that you're able to fix things. And my comment last week after I had listened and thought about it, saying, you know, man, I hope I didn't insult them by because they were young and they, you know, they didn't know which way they were going uh, as far as uh, the automotive industry and that. Well, I, no, 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 no insult. John, take, take what's, it at all. what's great about the show is that everyone has an opinion <laughs> and they're entitled yeah. to it. And we enjoyed your opinion. John, I'm going to have to run. I got to yep. jump off. I got a bunch of calls backed up. That's Thank fine. you. Have All a right. great weekend. Okay, uh, Fred, uh, thank you so much for holding on. Fred's calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. And, Dick, I hope that you have more patience. We'll get right with you. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, guys and girls. How's everybody? Great. Great. Nice to hear from you. Okay, I've called once before. I listen to the show every week. So just a couple of things. Really no questions, just observations. So when we drive on North Lake going north and we go to the beach, there's a big, big sign that has a beautiful picture of some guy by the name of Earl Stewart. <laughs> Man, you don't you don't look eighty two years old in that picture, buddy. Well, that was, is incredible. The picture was taken a long time ago. I'm afraid to put my current picture up. 
<laughs> and you know why, Fred? Because he looks better now than he did then. Oh, you you're wow. prejudiced. Okay, and uh, you can Great stop man. by you can stop by the dealership and, and you can you can check it out and you can agree or disagree. That's what's also great about the show. Earl's come a long way. He's getting younger and younger and younger. <laughs> I'm going to well, throw him out. You, Nancy. <laughs> well, that's good to you, Nancy. Well, we do drive by there, and we'll be driving by there today because we go down US 1 when we go to the beach. So the other couple of things I have, uh, even though I knew this because I'm pretty educated, and my wife called the show a few months ago. She worked in the car business in New York for 20 years, so nobody could pull anything over us. So my brother listens to the show also. And he had a service car. He needed his car serviced. I'm not going to give out the name of the dealership. doesn't make a difference. And he was walking around the showroom. And just like you say, there was a sticker price on a car. It wasn't from the factory. It was not a factory sticker price. The price at the top was handwritten in. Then they had $24.95 for the paint guarantee for seven years. Then they had the thing with the tires for $5.95. And then they had a market adjustment for $2,000. So they were up in the price by close to $6,000. It was just a joke. Yeah. It's sad to hear. No, that's uh, so common, unfortunately. Uh, South Florida is the worst of the worst. Uh, Los Angeles, you know, Southern California used to be the worst. But Florida is outdoing them now, especially South Florida. From, from here... I say here, uh, Palm Beach County, south to, uh, I won't go as far as Key West, I'll just go through Miami, uh, are some of the most uh, deceptive, distrusting dealers, or to-be-distrusted dealers anywhere in the United States. It's just terrible. The average extra fees down, I've lost count, I used to say $1,000, now it's probably thousands of dollars. It's a terrible place to have to buy a car. Yeah, and you can go over, Fred, to North Lake Boulevard, and you can pay a market adjustment. It's only $10,000. Trust trust me. We pass Napleton every time when we go in that direction west, and my wife and I joke around, well, let me stop off there see if I can get a car for less than 10000 I don't want to keep you guys too long. The only other couple of things i got to say in admiration is I'm going to be a customer service manager for – uh, office furniture chairs for over 40 years. Hmm. I admire everything that you groups say, but I have to defer directly to Nancy. Nancy, I practice it from day one. Honesty and transparency to your customers. They might not like the answer you're going to give them, but they want a true answer. And I admire that, and I think you guys are the only people I know of, probably in the car industry, that are honest. So Last in closing, we've had Hondas pretty much all of our years. We just love the Honda. I've had a couple of Toyotas, and we're definitely knowledgeable enough. But I don't know if I really want to deal, when the time comes for us to get a new car, of dealing with these people here, that good, bad, or indifferent, when the time comes, we are coming to Earl Stewart first and foremost to you guys. That's right. Thanks so much, Fred. You know what makes us feel warm and fuzzy? is the truth uh it it day in and day out you know uh we just uh, we're steadfast and the truth will set you free uh, uh fred if you want to buy um and pay ten thousand dollar I'm, I'm joking <laughs> this market <laughs> 
no, I'm, no. I'm being really bad right now. I just read no, that Nableton be- Auto Group, the, the uh, duo, uh, just bought five dealerships, and uh, that's uh, <laughs> Paul Nableton and uh, uh, Danny Randolph, and uh, they're out there in Wisconsin and Illinois, so their dealerships are all over the place, and so is the uh, high prices. Fred, it was great talking to you. Same here. I'm going to pass the picture, and I'm going to wave to you, Earl. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Have a great day, Have a good guys. One. Listen to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go to Dick, who's uh, been holding. Uh, he's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Dick. Good morning. How you all doing? We're good. great. Good to talk to you. Just got a couple quick comments about uh, some of Earl's Tesla comments. I'm a, I've called in before. I'm an 86-year-old Tesla S driver. Okay. I love it. Uh, but... Uh, one of the comments he made this morning was he didn't con- couldn't control the steering wheel heat. It's right on your app. And it's oh. in the car under climate. You got a little steering wheel there. You touch oh, it, I'll be darned. <laughs> yeah, you can do it on the app. I got, I'm, I'm, open, I'm, I'm opening my app right now. I'll be so. Okay. Go to the climate, and you see a little steering wheel there in the top. You touch well, it. Well, thank you. See, I, I don't really do this show to educate people. I do it so I get educated. <laughs> no, I, well, I just thought I'd let you know. I, I've terrible. had more answers today on, on on this show than I gave to the people that are listening to the show. That's not fair. I feel like I, I, should, I, I should need to yeah. reverse the process. Well, the, the other one is uh, last week you talked about being uh, hit the, the uh, full self-driving four times and they took you off the game. Uh, I, I think you're probably not putting the torsion. You got to turn that wheel just a little bit. You got to do that all the time. Just touch it. If you just put your hand on it, it don't work. Oh. Or the mail you. Oh. By the way, Earl, uh, Donovan had come in with information also on how to turn that steering wheel off. So I sent you that in a uh, text message. Oh, thanks. Oh, oh. Well, we I got two Donovan. Thank you, Donovan. Donovan. I'm going to make a list of questions, and from now on, I'll just start the show, and I'll ask the questions, and let everybody help me. I mean, I, I, I got more questions than I have answers. One, one more on the Tesla, and that's uh, the full self-driving thing. You just come out with a new update yesterday. I got mine up. I tried it out already, and it's much, much smoother. It's more like a real person, no jerks and whatnot. Oh. So, um, you get a chance to try it. It's uh, it's improving uh, markedly. It's still got a couple problems. Wow! Like uh, ninety degree turns, you really can't see around the corner well enough, like a person. But but it's much much smoother, and I'm using it, and uh, yeah. it's, it's great. So when I got my, when I got my car done. to come to the radio show this morning, and I had a little fling up on the display, and, and another software download, and of course I scheduled it for tonight. I didn't want to wait. For it to that's happen, it. but that's it's what a I, long one. Yeah, oh, is it's it a long, long one? Long update. I, I found out. I don't know if you were listening, uh, Dick, when I was uh, <clears throat> talking about the uh, autonomous driving and how I was trying autonomous driving without Nancy in the car because she is more <laughs> intelligent than I am, and she realized it wasn't as good as it should be. So. I got uh, another strike. In other words, I I had my hands on the wheel, but now I have three strikes and five strikes. I lose my autonomous. I I found out the other day. I went to the uh, Tesla store in the Gardens Mall, and I asked them. I'm afraid to try autonomous because I thought I was doing everything right. They said, "Oh, new software change. They're watching your eyes." 
Uh, so apparently when you were driving, you weren't keeping your eyes on the road. Well, that's entirely possible. I mean, you know, a good-looking babe may walk across the <laughs> sidewalk. I, I mean, I'm a human being. I might not have, I might have looked out. Nancy wasn't with me. Uh, who knows Nancy, what don't I was, kill him. Who knows hey, what I was looking well, at? Give me so a break. Now I know. <laughs> now, you were probably on Beach Road. <laughs> I was with you, as I always am. And you were checking out the young girls uh, who were wearing their thongs. Oh, busted. I'm and busted. Bam, bam, bam. I wish the I Tesla never off the subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> he looks at them whether I'm with him or not. <laughs> I told you he's getting younger and younger. Yeah, yeah you're thong alert. <laughs> Uncontrollable. <laughs> Big no, thanks. Uh, I, 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 you love Teslas as much as I do, and uh, yeah. in spite of their, their 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 problems, there's nothing without problems. But if you can have yeah. an exciting car like we're driving, I don't care what happens. It is the state of the art technology in I'll the world in automotive. In my career, I probably owned a hundred cars. They all had problems. Yeah, it is one, pretty one exciting. Comment, uh, my my girlfriend has a Prius, and the service by you guys just loves your service. So. Thanks. She has, she has a what? She has a Prius that we serviced yeah. recently. Yeah. Ah. Well, thanks, Good Dick. I really her. appreciate your call. Enjoy your Tesla. Okay. Yes. Have a great weekend, Dick. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, don't forget that you can uh, read Earl's column in the Hometown News, uh, the Florida Weekly, or you can go to Earl on Cars, and his latest uh, his latest column is pretty interesting. And it's uh, the growth of new car inventories is bringing back competition, lower prices. So great read. Take advantage. Okay, guys, what do you got for me? Well, right. I think uh, I do have. Uh, if we got some uh, uh, YouTube's or text, let's take those first. We got some text here. Text, yeah. great. Um, <coughs> This one from Dwayne. Hi, Earl. I have a 2012 Toyota Camry XLS with 150,000 miles on it. <clears throat> I'm an infrequent driver and plan to have the car another five or six years. Beyond the normal owner's ma uh, manual maintenance, is there anything you'd suggest I do to meet this goal? I live in the snow belt with salted roads and have an undercoat applied every year. Rick, you could answer that better than I can. <clears throat> um, my best suggestion is a car wash that does the underside wash and really works to get the salt off. I'm sure, obviously, you've already been using this. I find one of those to use during the winter. And, of course, good maintenance on the car, uh, the exterior during the summertime, and a garage to keep it in. Uh, but a, a 12 with 150 you're already doing the right thing. I, I haven't lived up north in a long time, and I haven't, you know, and I'm enjoying sunny South Florida immensely. But uh, when I was up north, I know exactly, I, I envision what up north was, and that was to me in the 60s and 70s. So, uh, what, uh, uh, isn't the undercarriage of our cars now treated where? They don't have that problem. Are you saying if I live in Buffalo, New York, and they put are they they're still putting salt on the roads, and people are driving the cars and they're rusting away the uh, bottom of the cars? Well, the un the undercoating and the treating that they put underneath of them, eventually on it's going to wear. And 
This he's already on an eleven year old car. You, you've been down here all your life too, almost. I mean, yeah. So uh, what? Uh, uh, you're telling me that I, I don't hear any complaints from people that lived up north talking about rusting. I don't. Uh, when's the last time we had anybody complain about a rust? Uh, it's really rare, but that's yeah. because a lot of them, like I say, are, are using these car washes. My stepsister lives in New Hampshire, where she gets quite a bit, and my personal back family, the majority of my family, live in South Dakota. Oh. So uh, they trust me. They see some snow. And they get rust. And they see some rust. Okay, well, and another reason I love Florida. A lot of it, the, the reason that they don't see the big issues with it is they maintain by the car washes that wash underneath with yeah. heated water to get that snow and all that salt and the ice okay. off the bottom. That's a beautiful country. But, yeah, Dwayne, it sounds like you're doing everything right on that car. Okay, let's go to okay. another we are going to stay with the phones, or at least go back to them, and we're going to talk to Tim in Jupiter. Good morning, Tim. Hey, folks. How are you this morning? Good. Hi. Good, Hi. good, good. Uh, <clears throat> called a few times before. Uh, my, um, We've got a 2019 Jeep uh, Cherokee Latitude. Uh, make and model of the car actually doesn't matter, but we took it in. Uh, check engine light came on. It was a sensor. Uh they replaced it, a, a big local garage chain here. And um, I asked them to do an oil change <clears throat> while we had the car in. Picked the car up. There was no oil change on the invoice. I said, what's, what's up uh, with the oil change? And the, and the guy said, uh, we noticed some uh, silicone around the seal of the oil plug, and we can't do an oil change. And I, I'd never heard of this before, and and I said, "All right." He said, "I'll." I said, "What can I do?" He said, "Well, have the oil pan replaced." And he quoted me six hundred some bucks to do that. I'm wondering what you, if you guys have ever heard of this? Um, should I go back to the chain where I got the oil change and see, you know, see if they maybe would make good on this? If I had this replacement done, would they pick up the invoice, or what do you guys suggest? 2019, how many miles on it? Uh, 55,000. Okay, so, and you've been running synthetic oil, I'm guessing? No, I, let me, uh, let me, I think, isn't your, your complaint is they can't change the oil because of the oil pan, right. some sort of a seal. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to oh, it. Okay. Um, yeah. how, how many oil changes, so you, you're doing about every 10,000 miles, right? Well, we do a, about every Six or seven, I would, or five, six, seven. Okay, so you're on like eight or ten oil changes. Yeah, that's, I would say that's right. Yeah, that's pretty young for an oil pan to have stripped out. I would return back to the place that you had it done last and say, hey, why is my drain plug in with silicone? If it stripped the threads out of it, what happens is the, the drain plug goes into the threads of the pan and sometimes they'll get some younger guys, they're too aggressive, they tighten them down too much, they over-torque it, and it damages the not, threads not, in the oil pan. Not young, just untrained or stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that untrained. And <laughs> if, if they've over-torqued it and they damaged it, that's on them. Because that pan should last no less than 20 to 30 oil changes or much more. They're designed to handle that, and if they over-torqued it, that's on them damaging your car 
by inexperience or lack of training. And in that case, they should be responsible for replacing that oil pan. It's probably not a bad idea to use the same person or same company to change your oil all the time. It's like buying gasoline. If you have an issue that comes up, uh, you know who you went to. Hopefully, you're going to a reliable person. Every now and then, you have to go to somewhere different. But try to keep with the same maintenance people if you can. Okay, that's yeah, that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think I'll go back. Go back there. I'll talk. Try to you know talk to the store manager and yeah. and be reasonable about it. See if they can if they'd be willing to you know pick up that uh, whatever that cost me w- will cost me. Yeah, because the place that you were just at, when they see that plug is siliconed in, they know that if they pull it out and they can't get it to go back in securely, they're now on the hook. Not only for the possible cost of that oil pan, but if that if you leave with that plug just barely glued in and it falls out, you lose all the oil and your engine blows up, they can now be held responsible for the cost of the entire engine. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah, yeah. why they didn't want to touch it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, guys. That's very helpful. I love the show. Thanks again for the help. Oh, you're you, welcome, Tim. Tim. Please give us a call back. Let us know how that went. Yeah, this is one of the. I'll, I'll try to do that thing. This is a good point to emphasize, is when you go to an unknown independent auto oil change place or something else, and it seems like there's one on every street corner. Uh, you have to remember, and this is true in even dealerships. In our dealership, uh, the entry place for a person. Uh, we just had a, a technician re- retire after 44 years uh, with our company, and he started out when he was 17 changing oil. And then he moved up and got trained and went to schools and moved up the ladder. So the the, the, the person that's changing oil is a novice, and uh, that's considered the simplest job in the dealership. It happens to be the simplest, but it's also probably the most important because if you screw up and you strip the oil uh, on the plug for your oil pan, and this comes on comes down, you blow your engine, and, and your cars could be totaled. So uh, it's it's good to know that the person that changes your oil is is a professional, has done it many times, and knows what he's doing. If you just go into Jiffy Lube or some other of these chain uh, lubrication places, uh, you don't know whether the kid was hired last week or not, and you don't know whether he was trained properly. I mean, maybe you're training him, and you just don't know it. You don't want to be training this guy. You want to be trained before he changes your oil. Absolutely. Uh, We've got some time before the... uh, Mystery Shopping Report, do you have any other text there? I've got several here, actually. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. This one. Uh, good morning, Stu. I was wondering if you could talk about the new electric car by Toyota. I saw one at Kendall Toyota and took a look at the price it applied to the model. Do you carry this vehicle? Thank you for a great show. Uh, Richard Downing and Coral Gables. And Richard is referring to the new BZ4X, boy, that's a mouthful. Yeah, what which a great is, name. Who came up with that? Huh? Yeah, that is Toyota's new all-electric vehicle. And as a matter of fact, I just went to a training course on it uh, just a couple weeks ago, and it's a pretty interesting vehicle. It's not quite Tesla's level for acceleration, but how many miles to a charge? Uh now there's the trick because. 
Toyota actually is pressing it saying it's 250 to 300 miles, but I have it on good authority. And the Toyota's going to get mad at me, but I don't care. I like being in trouble. Yeah. Um, I have it on good authority from friend of a friend that the SET guys that have been testing these things themselves are seeing 180 to 190 miles on a charge, especially here in Florida where you're running the AC because it is hot out there. And that air conditioning uses a lot of that electric power. Yeah, my advice to you is don't buy one. Uh, first of all, it's going to be hard to buy one. Second of all, when you buy one, they're going to charge you all the money because it's a limited supply and high demand. A lot of people want to have the first one on the block, and you want the first Toyota EV, you're going to have to pay through the nose. Our first one showed up at our dealership the day before yesterday, and I believe the sticker price is somewhere around $55,000. We charge sticker, but all the other dealers would be marking it up. And, of course, it was a sold unit, but that's the first one we've seen at the dealership. Um, They are kind of a comfortable car to sit in. They got some neat displays on them. They're interesting cars, but... Give it a little time before you start yeah, looking at one. They're the new game in town. The uh, Toyota was late to the party, and uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, uproar in Toyota about why that happened. And uh, they're still late to the party. They've made the decision to still push the hydrogen fuel cell. Rick and I were talking about that before the show started. So uh, if you're looking for an EV, Toyota's not the place to buy it. Uh, and it probably won't be the place to buy it for a while, which is sad for me because I am a Toyota dealer. But i got to tell it like it is. Uh, I would shop around. I'd check consumer reports. Uh, Tesla's not the only game in town. Uh, there's some good EVs out there for people that have been pushing EV and sold on V. Uh, Toyota, up until they fired Akio Toyota, the current CEO, uh, Toyota, up until then, was going in the other direction. Uh, maybe history will prove them right. Uh, but right now, uh, you're, it's not the place to buy an electric vehicle. And the real interesting thing that I've heard recently is that for 2024, probably a little late in the year, Toyota's bringing out an electric Tacoma pickup to compete directly with the Ford F-150 Lightning and the Rivian. However, they've also said it will most likely be priced much more competitively, probably in the thirty-five to forty thousand dollar range, wow. as compared to the Lightning, which is a little over fifty. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Okay, folks, uh, we've got the mystery shopping report to get to, and we encourage you to vote on the mystery shopping report it's uh, real important that we hear from you yeah, we and that number on the is seven so don't don't fail a, a, a dealer just because he got you mad every dealer in florida will get you mad uh we have to have some dealers recommended so if, if it's really bad uh, you know give them a d or a c minus or a d minus but when you fail them we don't put them on the list and if we failed everybody we would have nobody to recommend in Florida to buy a car from, so that's not going to work. Yeah, and you can uh, you can do that uh, voting at 772-497-6530. Uh, we mystery shopped a Bremen Honda, so uh, back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, Bremen Honda there in West Palm Beach, a big Honda dealer. Bremen, as you know, is a lot of dealerships, uh, BMWs and, and other make cars. 
uh, speaking in the first person as if I were our undercover agent, secret agent Lightning, I arrived at Bremen Honda mid-afternoon and was greeted by a salesman standing outside, waiting for a customer. He greeted me with a big smile, asked how he could help me today. I told him I was here to check out the new hybrids and ask if they had any in stock. He informed me that they did have a few on the lot, gestured uh, towards his desk saying, ladies first. It's always nice to hear. Once at his desk, he asked me to write down my name and phone number for him and then inquired if I had ever been here before. I replied that I'd been, I had been there, and I even bought a car there several years ago. Uh, Agent Lighting, by the way, is, is lives in this area, so uh, Agent Lighting has shopped a lot of places, and she's able to answer in the affirmative often when that question is asked. Inst- interestingly, she's never been exposed. She's been good enough to not being exposed as a mystery shopper. Okay, back in the persona of Agent Lightning. Uh, uh, he suggested that we go out to the lot so we could see what they had available together. And they had two new 2023 Honda CRV Sport Hybrids. And I chose a white one. My salesman still hadn't officially introduced himself, but he was wearing a name tag that read Jorge. Jorge excused himself to go to get the keys and left me waiting by the car. The Monroney label indicated the MSRP. Monroney suggested retail price. Manufacturer suggested retail price, I should say, was $35,650, but Brayman was going for more. Well, that's not a surprise to anybody. The addendum label affixed next to the Maroney label added $399 for wheel locks. Yeah, sit down and relax because this is going to take a while. $399 for wheel locks, $379 for a window tent. $1,995 for Xylon paint and leather protection, $399 for a basic maintenance plan, and you got to sit down for this one, $580 for pinstripes and storage guards. <laughs> pinstripes and storage guards, if they cost $100, that's a lot. So they're charging $580 for pinstripes and storage guards. So this all adds up to $3,752, making the Brayman list price, not the Monroney label or MSRP, the Brayman list price, $3,750 over a sticker, which brings the total to 39402 But as you probably know, there will be more. He returned only a few minutes later, and I could hear that he used the auto start from the remote key to start the vehicle. He approached the car informing me that it was actually running right now, but it was so quiet because it was a hybrid. I mentioned that I'd heard the clicking and I figured it was running, to which he complimented me on my awareness. Very polite, very good salesperson so far. He opened the driver's door for me to get in, closed it, walked around to the passenger side before climbing in. Jorge went over all the different features the car had and pointed out that the interior lights for the 2023 models were new and were all LEDs. He also showed me the different driving modes. Noticing that the car was on E, he suggested that it might be best empty. He suggested it might be best if I just drove it around the lot since there wasn't much gas. I agreed, mentioning that the car had only two miles on it. (laughs) 
and it was still this low on gas. Well, wow. That, that gave, well, it, obviously the gauge is off, and, and, but it gives you an idea of, uh, and I think the gauges deliberately under, or they overstate the gas just to give you a little safety factor. And I'm getting, uh, understate, yeah, yeah, yep, I get you. So anyway, but it is interesting. It is to be on empty with two miles on the odometer is, is, is interesting. I drove around then back into a parking spot and we headed back inside. On the way, Jorge went on to tell me how electric vehicles uh, are the future and how they're much more powerful than gas vehicles. Both statements are true, in my opinion. Once back inside, Jorge asked me if we could make a deal today, if the price was right. That's the price was right. That's standard sales procedure. I replied that I would need to discuss it with my husband before committing, and he said he understood. I informed him that we don't want any extras like wheel locks, uh, door edge guards, paint protection, blah, 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 blah. And he assured me he understood. I like that response. I understand. It's a good thing to say anytime when you're in an argument or a discussion or a negotiation. You can understand that's saying you're being polite, but you don't, you don't agree, but you understand. It mean a lot of things. He excused himself to print out the sales sheet, returned a few minutes later with the sales worksheet. They all got worksheets. Why don't they have the worksheet? Why don't they bring in an invoice or a buyer's order? Because the worksheet is not a legal document, and they don't want to commit themselves. So they have a worksheet. If you look at the bottom of every worksheet the car dealer gives you, car salesman gives you, at the bottom of the fine print it says, this is not a legal document and requires a signature, and it goes on and on. You got the fine print. Okay, the selling price on the worksheet was $35,650. They added $3,752 for the accessories we covered earlier, plus $998 processing documentary fee. My real price was $40,400 before taxes and legit government fees. After looking it over, I reiterated that I didn't want any of the extras. Jorge replied that the paint protection and window tint had already been applied. I mean, that's just uh, stupid. I mean, I, it's not stupid. It's smart on their part because people fall for it. And uh, that gives them an excuse why they can't take it off the price, even though the cost of the application of the paint protection <coughs> and window tent is a small <coughs> fraction of what they're charging you. Because all of these dealers sold accessories are highly inflated in price. <coughs> so he didn't think he could take this off. I expressed my doubt about the buying the car then, as we had never used any of those features with past vehicles. I asked about the other fees and he explained that they were electronic fees for the title and plates. Now, that's not an explanation, that's a dodge. Or he may have even been misled by his manager, and the manager may have been misled by the general manager or the dealer. You never know whether the person spouting the untruth had that same untruth told to him as the truth. You don't know. Uh, the buck stops with the owner of the dealership, but that's Brayman, Norman Brayman, and you're never going to get him to talk to. He's totally out of touch. Uh, and then uh, and as a dealer fee, which he claimed, I like this, the dealer fee, which he claimed, was dealership's only profit. That's a new one. 
See, we put our profit right there. We, everything else is we don't make any money on. We don't even make a, on the dock fee. We don't make any money on the paint protection. We don't make any money on the uh, nitrogen and the tires. The only thing we make money on is a dealer. That's a new one. You gotta you gotta give Jorge credit for being interesting and different. He then asked if we could make a deal right now if he took the fees off. If I, we could, in the tr in the business we deal as we call that, if I could, would you? The manager says to the salesman, give him an if I could, would you? And that means you get him, you, you get him to commit. You're not going to sell him the car, but by giving him to commit, you deflate the balloon. You deflate the, 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 the consumer's balloon a little bit, and you keep deflating the balloon until you pop it, and that's when you slam dunk him. So if I could, would you? Or um, I said he would take these fees off. If we had a deal then, I questioned him whether his manager would approve this, to which he wrote at the bottom of the worksheet, $2,000 and said, done, call your husband. Hmm, I've never seen that done. <laughs> okay, he pushed harder telling me to go ahead and call my husband and that we would step away so I could call my husband secretly. I, I added the secretly. Lucky for me, my husband is great at playing a game and uh, she, uh, Agent Lightning uses her husband frequently, and, uh, and he's, he's a great sport. And even the, they have uh, a family, children, and they've even used their, their kids in some of these shopping reports, and the husband quite often. So uh, she must have said, I'll be shopping Bremen Honda. So when he called, she actually called her husband, and he declined my calls. And when I texted him that I needed to talk to him about buying the car, I uh, I came to see, he responded with something short like, later. <laughs> so he was busy. He really was. Uh, but that's what, the, that's what the plan was. She knew he would do that. Jorge returned. I told him my husband wasn't available until later. He asked me to please wait so he could get his manager to come to talk to me. I walked outside waiting for them to return. The manager approached me and asked what he what he could do to get me to buy the car right at that moment. I mean, he, the, these guys are good. Now, when I say good, I don't mean in the real definition of good, but they're good at what they do, which is ripping off customers. I mean, they are well-trained, they're smooth, they got good play back and forth for the game, you know the game, the manager to the salesman game, so they're good. Uh, I walked outside, waiting for them to return. The manager approached me and asked me what he could do to get me to buy the car right now. He explained that Jorge had pretty much committed to taking off the $2,000 and selling the car to me for MSRP. And I asked, and I asked if he agreed to that. The manager confirmed that he did. Okay, so he says, I, I agree, urging me to buy the car right now. I told him there was no way I was buying a $40,000 car without my husband agreeing and seeing it first. I thanked him, uh, then both of them assured that I'd be in touch. So there, there we have it. I mean, Bremen is, they sell a lot of cars. Uh, they sell a lot of BMWs, they sell a lot of Hondas, all the different makes, and they are professional. They are, I mean, I'm, I, I, I know some of the people in the Bremen operations. Uh, they're not shoddy, they, they screen their people good, they're smart. And uh, they do what they do well, and they make a lot of money when they sell their cars. So there we have it. There's the mystery shopping report. You grade on the curve, please, and, and, and you have to, unless you see some dishonest 
law-breaking deceit, you, you should keep it between an A and, and a D minus. Uh, if you want to flock up, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Uh, you vote the way you want to vote, and uh, we will we will uh, take the, the sum and substance of the average of your vote and come up with a final vote. So let's see what votes we have in so far, Rick. Okay, let's see. Oh, they're flying in right now. And this one was a previous thing. Let's see. Ah, from Jonathan in Wellington. Too many add-ons. I'll give this dealership an F. No time for games. Okay. Next one, we have Bob. It was a C for Brayman Honda, but I had already applied my grade protection, which I could not take off. So it became a D. I love this. Mark. No market adjustment, still junk fees, D. But he did have a good point with the no market adjustment. Ah, let's see here. Paul Anderson, standard add-ons, standard sales pitch, C-. minus. Doug Tesler, Ella says F for fail. Meow. <laughs> here we have Toyota Tacoma 1952. I vote a C+. Plus. Negan won. I give them a C, but I have to work for a fair price. Tim Gilliland, not the worst, but still a D. Brian Sedlatko, D plus. Mark Ryan, a D. Donovan, a D. The cost of those accessories is just way too much. Agreed. Scott Hunter, D. Rocky Blockatiel, C minus. Not the worst we've seen. Very true. Guy Larrabee, D for the add-ons. For myself, I only saw one, heard one real untruth, which was that bit about, oh, this is our only profit. <laughs> Flat out lie. <laughs> that that kind of insults me. Any yeah. average person is going to know well, like that's say, a he, flat he, out lie. He, he could have yeah. been lied to by his manager. I mean, I, I don't think he was dumb enough to believe mm. that, but maybe. Yeah. I, that makes me go from a C to a D on I'm I'm knocking them because of that one. But other than that I, I saw it as being a C in average, just they're playing the typical games. Yes, sir. Typical games for sure. And uh, boy, all these add ons, my goodness. I give them a D minus. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give them a C. I, I would like to say this we 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 really vilify the addendum labels that is the market adjustment where you just take the msrp and say because we don't have very many of these and you want this really bad i'm gonna charge you an extra five thousand it sounds terrible it makes everybody mad including me but it, it's still more transparent than the bs fees when you charge uh, what was it, $399 for window tint and, and, and yeah. pinstripes. Yeah. So when you charge $300 for nitrogen or some of dealer-installed accessories that are way inflated in price, that is trying to make you believe there's something that's not true. That's far more dishonest to say, hey, I only got one of these. I can sell it for $5,000 over a sticker, and I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, that makes me mad. I don't like them. 
when I do that, but it's not dishonest. You look at me in the eye and you tell me the truth. And if I don't like the truth, I could go somewhere else and buy a car. But the sneaking in of these BS uh, hidden fees, I don't like that at all. That's totally dishonest. So that's the reason I gave them a C. You know, three ninety nine for the wheel locks, three seventy nine for the window tint. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we're out of time. And uh, we want to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. You're a big part of the show. We enjoy your company weekend and week out. We'll be right back here next week at same time, 8 a.m. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. We'll see you then.